Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Theatre Thoughts podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all traditional custodians of the land on which our episodes are recorded. I was 17, I'd moved to Melbourne, I'd never ever lived out of home. So I I was, you know, bang in a new city, living on my own, Mm. uh, doing a job. I was a swing, so, um, which is, it's kind of like an understudy, but you cover multiple roles. Yeah. Uh, And... So I'd never had any experience. I didn't know what that entailed. I didn't really know how to do that. I didn't have any sort of technique to to, to learning the roles or how to sort of organise myself. So it was a big learning curve sort of on yeah. the job. Yeah, it was. I learned a lot in that first couple of years. You're listening to the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Welcome back for Season 2 of our rapidly growing journey to bring you one-on-one discussions and deep dives into the Australian theatre industry. If you're new to the podcast, my name's Justin and I'm so, so happy to have you here. If you're a returning listener, welcome back and I hope you're ready for what's in store for Season 2. You can watch our full episodes via our YouTube channel and keep up to date with all our content via our Instagram at ttpod underscore official. If you like the podcast, please, please, please rate us, shout our name from the rooftop, tell your mum, your dad, your pets, your local butcher, your next meat cute, anyone and everyone. You can also subscribe to our Patreon, where we can offer you full behind-the-scenes access to the podcast and even bring you little goodies along the way. So please enjoy our first episode of Season 2, and I promise you, there's a lot more to come. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new season of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. I'm very, very excited. Season two, and this is how we start. I'm over the moon. Uh, We have with us Theatre Royalty right now. Um, I should be wearing formal attire because I feel just bowing down. Um, So we have a performer who is currently the Associate Director of Sixth Musical in Australia. She's been the Resident Director and Resident Choreographer for Aladdin and the Resident Director for Strictly Ballroom. She's part of an elite group of women worldwide who've played both Velma Kelly and Roxy Hart in Chicago. Her other leading roles include Meg Geary in the Australian premiere, I should say, of both Love Never Dies and The Phantom of the Opera, Belle in Beauty and the Beast, Columbia in Rocky Horror, Anita in West Side, Demeter in Cats, Little Red Riding Hood in Into the Woods, and most recently Caroline in Eve Blake's Fangirls. You are Australian theatre royalty. You have three Helpman Awards to your name. 
Sharon Mealichip, welcome Yay! so much to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming coming on board. Oh, I've already, I'm, I'm really flattered. I'm really flattered you want to talk to me. So oh, happy I'm to be here. Over the moon. Um, I think I'm going to get this out of the gate straight away because I have it up in my mind. I'm pretty sure... My very, very, very first theatre memory is seeing Beauty and the Beast, and I'm 100% sure that you were Belle in that production. In Sydney? In Sydney. That it definitely have, was me. It would have been at the old Majesty's At the Madge theater. that doesn't exist anymore, yes. sadly. I think it's a car park now. Yeah, is, and I, I always remember that was my first theatre memory, and then me and my mum, we kept programs and everything, all flipping oh, back wow. through. I, I spoke to you about six. I remember speaking on the phone about six, yes. and like I yes. did my research and everything. I was like, she Belle? Bell went over. No, can't be. And then it was, and I was like, is oh my God. Is that old? Yeah, yeah. she's that old. <laughs> no, it would make you feel that old. But I was, I was ecstatic, to be honest uh, with that's, you. That's a great th- first theatre experience, I think, because, yeah. you know, it was a magical production. Mm. I think, you know, it's it's a beautiful introduction to, to the world of music theatre or theatre on any large scale. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And um, if I'm not much mistaken, it was it the late Bert who was, uh, it was Cogsworth in that? It was Bert. Yeah. Um, yeah, loved every second of working with Bert. Such mm. a gentleman, such a professional. Yeah, uh, big, big-hearted, beautiful man. Mm. Yeah, he's been. He, he was in a lot of things. I saw him as um, as uh, Oz in in um, in Wicked. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, very kind soul. Very yeah. kind soul. Um, but let's talk about you then. So you had such an extensive career in theatre. There's obviously so many highlights you can talk about. Let's kind of start with what, what's what's where did it start for you? Like, what was the first thing that you went, I'm going to be a musical theatre star? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was never my plan. Oh, okay. I, um, although I did go to the John Young Talent School, which I you're probably too young to know what that is. Johnny Young, Johnny Young, uh, Young Talent Time was a television <gasps> Young show. Young Talent Time. Young Talent Time okay. was on TV at 6.30 on Sunday night and it was every, you know, precocious song and dance kid in Australia wanted to be on that show. Yeah. And I went to the John Young Talent School. Right. Um, but that was filmed in Melbourne. I was in Sydney. I performed on that show a lot of times. So mm. that's sort of where I I guess I started my sort of song and dance yeah. thing. But <laughs> it was kind of dance that was my big love. Uh, and so uh, my plan was always to – I wanted to be a contemporary dancer. That's okay. what I wanted to do. And, um, and that's where I was headed straight after high school. But I auditioned for Cats – Right. Okay. Uh, and I'd, I'd actually auditioned when it was first, first, first out. Oh, really? When I, but I was 15. I was too young to get in the show anyway. Right. And I think it was when they had the open auditions and literally 10,000 people auditioned. It was like, you know, wow. people were lined up around city blocks. It was like a New yeah. York movie. Yeah. Um, but a couple of years later, yeah, um, I auditioned and, and I, I was just so floored I got in. And that sort of started me on this path of music theatre. I sort of started on Cats and okay. and then um, stayed there forever. Wow, you just got the, <laughs> the bug. Yeah. I got the bug, yeah. That's incredible. Mm. So was there any like kind of major challenges that you found when you first started? Like anything that you kind of was new to you or um, unexpected in a way? It was all new to me. I, You know, I got into Cats. Um, I was 17. I'd moved to Melbourne. I'd never even lived out of home. So okay. I, I was, you know, bang in a new city, living on my own, mm. uh, doing a job. I was a swing, so um, which is it's kind of like an understudy, but you cover multiple roles. Yeah. Uh, and 
so I'd never had any experience. I didn't know what that entailed. I didn't really know how to do that. I didn't have any sort of technique to, to, to learning the roles or how to sort of organise myself. So it was a big learning curve sort of on yeah. the job. Yeah, it was. I learned a lot in that first couple of years. That's incredible. Amazing. And then uh, that was in the original Melbourne company. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. And then I went, then we did the first Australian tour and I went on, I played Demeter in that role. Yeah, and swings, all hail swings. Swings. Honestly, swings work so hard. Swings are super talented and they're the the glue that holds the show together. And now that I've worked sort of on the other side, you know, sort of in a, a, you know, a creative positions off stage, I truly more than ever understand the value of swings. And they really are. Working with six, you know, the queens over there. (laughs) <laughs> like amazing insane. amazing yeah. the swings you know this well they're super swings they are they, they, they cover all are. the roles and they go on for all of them yeah yeah we had um Kiara on last year because right. um i realized that we went to the same high school and oh. i was like it was so good to see like where she's gone oh she's so great oh she's so talented yep. i remember so talented. watching her and um her brother daniel yep. um at school and they were always up at like the you know the theater nights and the show nights and they were when they've had dancing it was so cute we were on in melbourne we were on one side of the street in six she was starring in six and he was on the other side of the show oh, on the road doing hamilton yeah and it was sort of like these two little you know that's so cute <laughs> they were like you know kids they were like yeah. my gosh our, our wildest dreams have actually come true it's insane isn't yeah. it i yeah. love it it's very wholesome <laughs> it's so wholesome they are so wholesome yeah. i'm so proud of them i'm like their mother Sydney's brand new independent theatre company, Ikigai Entertainment, is ecstatic to be presenting Xanadu the Musical at the newly renovated Sutherland Arts Theatre. It's going to be a party all over the world as a Greek muse inspires love, laughter and the world's first roller disco in this 1980s glitter explosion. Tickets are on sale now at ticketech.com.au for this exclusive two-week season from February 22nd to March 5th. Getting quick, tickets are rolling out the door. You're here to talk about the new performance that you're in, A Broadcast Coup, which is playing at the Ensemble Theatre. So I'm entirely ignorant about this show. I don't know anything about it besides the description in front of me. So I'll just briefly read that out. So the description is, cutthroat journalist Jez Connell is out for her next scene. It's been a year since she's brought down one of TV's most lauded stars for behaving badly, and now she's got Michael King, the top-rated darling of public radio, in her sights. But this time it's personal. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us about it. Well, it's set uh, in a radio studio um, in that world, which is kind of like this weird parallel universe, you know, okay. sort of radio media. It's really interesting. Mm. Uh, and yeah, Mike King is a household name. Uh, he's, you know, had a 30, 40 year, year career. Um, he's very charismatic. He's, um, he's always been a bit of a, you know, playboy. Um, people have sort of loved him for that. I play his producer, his okay. longtime executive producer. So I've kind of, you know, best friended, mothered, you know, produced, protected him yeah. for all of that time. Uh, and and he's kind of sitting at the, the, the top of the food chain. And then Jez, this uh, investigative journalist, sort of comes in and starts chipping away at um, all the skeletons in the closet. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it kind of explores... Um, the abuse of power, I guess, yeah. in workplaces and um, misconduct in terms of bullying, sexual misconduct, mm. all sorts of things in the workplace right. and how the world is kind of turning 
in that regard, slowly. Yeah, yeah. Still grinding away. Yes. And that sounds pretty heavy-handed, but it's also very funny because it's written by Mel Tate, who cannot help but be hilarious and witty. And a and you've worked she with writes. her before, haven't you? I have. I did yeah. another play uh, that she wrote called The Ableton Ladies Potato Race. Okay. Which was, I love the name. <laughs> which you may tell from the title was a comedy. Yeah. Uh, but also similarly tackled um, some really kind of heavy-hitting subjects, actually. Mm. But, you know, Mel has this incredible ability to create sort of a Trojan horse and she coats these sort of quite heavy... Um, subject matters in laughs and yeah. jokes and great uh, engagement and great characters and and uh, and so you, you you kind of you're lulled into this false sense of security you think you yeah. sort of watch your comedy and then all of a sudden you go oh oh oh, my oh, my God. oh why am i crying what happened <laughs> so uh yeah it, it, and a broadcast coup takes there's a couple of um quite hard hitting uh, twists okay in there as well so it sounds very much part of like this continuous motion of the Me Too sort of movement where you're looking at, like you said, a lot of misconduct and yes. things like that. Um, and But I think what this play does really beautifully is it tells the story uh, very authentically from five aspects five oh. aspects of the five characters. Okay. So it's all within one story, but yeah. it's not it's not bombastic in its, right. you know, you the goodies and the baddies, you know, the the lines are always blurred, mm. you know, as they are in life, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's what I think Mel does really well. And it's filled with a super cast as well. So you have Tony Coggan, uh, Ben Gerard, who saw an American Psycho, who was just out of this So world. great. He's so wonderful. Isn't in he? This. Yeah, he's really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's fabulous. He's got such a unique quality about him to be just... I don't know, not not like a caricature, but literally like someone's picked him out of a cartoon and just like, you know, <laughs> the way he moves is just so elastic, I think. I think Absolutely. that's the word. But so like true as well in everything he does and could watch him again and again. Perfectly put. He's, yeah. he's extremely charismatic, yeah. Super um, smart too. And you have uh, Alex King, who I saw in a comedy of errors, and Amber McMay, uh, McMahon. McMahon. McMahon, yep. sorry. I'm so sorry, Amber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who is in North by Northwest. Uh, with, with me. With you. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. This is the... This is actually the fourth show that we've done together, uh, okay. almost in a row. Yeah, wow. So we're like, you know, we, we joke that we're a package deal now. Is that just um, out of happenstance? Or That's just, just coincidence, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, we definitely love working together. Yeah. And I think we do have a good chemistry. Yeah, people That's have kind awesome. of cast us in, in things alongside each other, which we lo- continue to love. Yeah. Yeah, be... she's brilliant, brilliant. You're going to be in the next thing together. It'll just be the next... But you, you and her. <laughs> we did. Well, we had this joke the other day. I played her. I said, uh, she said, oh, we have to do a musical. I said, oh, we'll have to do, we'll do Sideshow. Oh, you yeah. You know, we're the conjoined twins. <laughs> and I was telling her about it. She said, oh, this sounds incredible. And I played her a song and she mm. said, oh, 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 it's serious. Yeah, yeah. Like it just, it sounded so ridiculous, the, the context of the show that she yeah. thought it was a comedy. But So maybe we will rewrite, rewrite Sideshow as a, you know, a comedic satire. Interesting. Watch this space. Watch this, Watch this space. <laughs> so with uh, Broadcast Coup, I guess the question is, what? where does it, its its quality lie? Where does its, um, its appeal lie for audiences, I suppose? I think it's an incredible conversation starter. I think, I mean, as I said, the five characters, you know, I mean, we range, you know, sort of from 22 to 60. Mm. So the story is told um, from five 
quite different perspectives. So I think, you know, young audiences will see themselves and really identify with the journey of Noah, who's the okay. young uh, rookie producer. Yeah. Uh, and then I think women of a certain age come in and really sort of uh, connect and empathise with my journey yeah. in the show because um, it's the lived experience of a lot of people who, a lot of women who have um, had an entire career uh, working their way through that sort of patriarchal structure. So uh, that really resonates with people. Um, my father is coming to see the show oh, good. tomorrow matinee and he will clearly identify himself with Mike King. Yeah, okay. And so <laughs> there'll be some interesting conversations in the car on the way home. Yeah. But so many people who come to see the play say, we just couldn't stop talking about it. We talked okay. about it in the car on the way home. It just opens so a can of worms of mm, conversation. That's what you, you know, want. As I say, it's not bombastic in, in um, you know, trying to... Uh, you know, say who's right, who's wrong, yeah. this is how you should be feeling. Yeah. It really just basically um, poses a lot of questions for us to be making our own decisions. Okay. I like. I think I like that those pieces of theatre, the one that makes you laugh and then you, you realise, oh, actually, there's so much more here and it unlocks all these different conversations and you go away thinking afterwards, actually, this and this and this, and you just question a lot of things. And yeah. I think that's really beautiful. I, th- I think that's, that's a beautiful... Um, Aspect of theatre. Yeah. It's one of the great reasons why people should go to the theatre. Yeah. Because it does sort of crack you open like a nut sometimes. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I I was at, um, I actually got invited to our first film review last night, which I was like, oh, amazing. And it was for Hugh Jackman's new film, The Sun. Um, It is so sad. But like, it hit. Steal yourself. Yeah. It hit a chord with me where normally I'm not like a big crier in movies unless it involves like a dog of some sort. Um, <laughs> but it just really resonated with me. Wow. Um, and I I just really love seeing other people resonate um, with theatre as well. Absolutely. And it's a really beautiful thing that I'm, I wish I could do myself, but like just hearing people talk about it is incredible to me. But yeah, but your involvement in it is actually incredibly important Mm. you know it actually makes the whole industry fertile you know it's how we people know where to go and and sort of spreads the word which is extremely important extremely important otherwise nobody would know what we're doing anyway exactly what's a broadcast i don't know (laughs) um so i want to bring it back to your career um now you're um you've won three helpman awards which like amazing um could you tell me the story of winning your first one what that was like oh wow uh well, it was actually I the first Helpman was for it was the first year of the Helpmans. Okay. So I won the very first leading no actress way. in a musical Helpman. Just for... when I think like can't get any better, it's just that <laughs> one extra thing. <laughs> well, really, that just exposes how old I am. Uh, uh, no, but that was for um, Velma Kelly okay, in right. Chicago. Yeah. And oh, it was massive for me it was a, a massive deal of course it is you know I mean we're always of two minds you know should the arts be a competitive sport well no mm. but is acknowledgement um you know something that you you feel like you've put your heart into for people to acknowledge that it's really special as well so yeah. you know there's there's wins and losses and uh yeah that meant a great deal to me obviously yeah. um and then to then 10 years later literally 10 years later on the next tour of Chicago, I played Roxy Hart. Yeah. And then to take the helmet for that as well. I, I wasn't thought, oh, for Roxy as well. That's poetic. That is extremely poetic. <laughs> wow. So Ch- Chicago's been good to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's been very good. <laughs> we were at um, the Sydney Theatre Awards last year and um, they had um, Nancy uh, yeah. come out. 
um, for like a little celebration of Chicago. And I was just like, oh, wow. Mm. So Unbelievable. Cool. I've been so lucky. I, I um, directed her at the Hayes Theatre, mm. uh, basically a celebration, a night of Nancy Hayes. Oh, okay. Um, which was uh, unbelievably um, moving yeah. and rewarding, you know, actually watching footage of her and Sweet Charity. And she directed me in Sweet Charity. Oh, wow. Um, which I did get a help and nomination for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's probably, that's a, that's one of the biggest, most extraordinary memories I've got of being okay. in this industry. I remember Nat being in a rehearsal room and Nancy Hayes, just her and I, yeah. she's teaching me the choreography that she remembers from when she did it in 1967. No <laughs> uh, and she was, yeah, she was teaching me that choreography and I was like, oh, oh I feel like so I'm in lovely. a movie. Oh, that's really super that is cool. insane. That is like that is such a memory. Yeah. Wow, it's a core memory that one. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, for me, she she she's an idol to me. She, yeah. You know, I I sort of see myself as a bit of a you know um I do a bit of everything. Mm. Uh, and so I've and I see and that's what Nancy Hayes has done. Yeah. You know, she's a singer, she's a dancer, she's an actor, she's a director. Mm. She's you know she's a creative. She um and she's really supportive of people coming up through the industry. So yeah. You know, she's a great mentor. Lovely. I've only had one interaction with her and she was the sweetest person. Oh, she's class. Oh, she's, she's just the best. She's just class. Yeah. She's so sweet, so generous, um, but she carries herself too with this, with with a real poise. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Mm. Well, I, I want to ask you our theatre thoughts questions, Ooh, yeah. um, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> So uh, we're bringing back my one-minute theatre thoughts, just because I find this so interesting. Um, <laughs> what um, what answers people have? Um, so I'll just quickly pop my clock on for one minute. Um, oh, have I got a top? That's stopwatch. Oh, okay. Stopwatch time. <laughs> so it's like, how many can you like okay. think of? Sort okay. of thing. No pressure. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. What's been your favourite role in your career? Favourite role? Um, look, probably uh, Roxy Hart, or maybe Anita. Or maybe Charity Hope Valentine. Oh, good answers. Um, do you have a most cherished musical? Uh, most cherished musical. Uh, look, I think it's it's probably boring to say, but Les Mis, I did get the oh, double album of Les Mis yeah. in like the early 80s. Oh, yeah. And played that thing. Until, you know, <laughs> on a rec- on a record player, ye old before they were like I- ironic and cool yeah. again, like the first time around. Um, and that made me love music theatre. Excellent. What's your go-to warm-up routine? Uh, I do, I meditate. Yeah. Uh, I like to do a bit of a physical stretch and I have an app on my phone called Warm Me Up. Okay. Which is uh, Luke Hunter, who is an Australian musical director, genius, mm. uh, has created this app. Uh, that you can have on your phone. It's got all sorts of vocal warm-ups for oh. every vocal type. So that's I do so that as well. Cool. True. Excellent. Yep. Um, well, that's one minute, but I have one more question I want to ask you. Um, what role haven't you played yet that you'd still want to? Oh, see, people ask me that. Yeah. I, and I, if I say something, I would just be grasping. There's nothing that jumps out at me. One thing I love about this industry, it's the best and the worst thing about this industry, you have no clue what's around the corner. Mm. So that's... It's terrifying, yeah, and it's also really exciting. I um, I am open to opportunity. I feel like I keep evolving as a person. So, yeah. and I think theatre as well keeps evolving as you know as, as an industry. Like I mean, Completely. new musicals come all the time. Like you're in Fangirls. I'm loving is... the new. So 
Broadcast Coop, brand new play, yep. Fangirls, brand new. Even Six, when we first started it, yes. we were the only the second country in the world to have done it. We got it yeah. way before Broadway. So that felt new. Mm. The, the idea of doing new works, so actually discovering and creating new characters is something that really, really excites me and floats my boat. Excellent. Well, you never know what we might see you in. You never know. <laughs> Sideshow, the comedy. Yeah. <laughs> What's his face? <laughs> uh, well, I'm very conscious you have to go and perform tonight, so I won't keep you uh, too much longer, but thank you so much for coming in and talking Such to us. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Um, so you can uh, get tickets to a broadcast coup at ensemble.com.au forward slash shows. Sharon, thank you so much. I'm deeply honoured that you came on um, and good luck with the show. Oh, thank you. Thank this episode was produced by Echidna Audio. Follow them on Instagram at Echidna Audio for all their audio services. Thank you to Sharon Millerchip for joining us on the podcast and Sean Radicke at Kabuku PR for assisting and organising the episode. Once again, if you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and head to the link in this episode's description for our Instagram account, TikTok, YouTube and Patreon. My name's Justin Clark and I'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. Running a small business? Are you promoting a new show or running a theatre space? Maybe you're looking for an area to reach potential new clients. Why not advertise with us on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast? We have a range of packages and prices for you to put your ad right here on the podcast. For more information, contact us at theatrethoughtsteam at outlook.com or by heading to our website, theatrethoughtsaus.online. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theatre community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theatre professionals, search the RISE Theatre Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheatre.org. That's theatre with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.